So good afternoon, good morning, wherever you may be in the UK or worldwide. Welcome to uh, Customer Experience R&R with Richard Knight and Ryan Huxtable. Uh, we're on episode five. Ryan, episode five, can you believe it? Do you know, Richard, I can't. You know, we started this, didn't we, as a bit of a bit of a larf <laughs> and a joke. Two blokes talking about what we think people might want to hear about. And look, here we are, episode five. And we've had, I can't believe it, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views. And um, so again, I say it every week, but a huge thank you for your time that you're investing in listening to our warblings. Um, we hope we're helping you through what is a really tricky time um, and giving you some thoughts about how you can really prioritize your customer experience, um, maintain great relationships with your clients and your customers, through what is a really difficult time for everyone. So, you know, we hope we're making a difference. But number five there, Rich. Just, just a little bit, I just remembered, um, we were speaking about cider and various beers last week. Our data is now out for the breweries and distilleries. Um, yep, uh, the website uh, data is out there. So if, you, if you're in that sector, or just want to hear about how great websites can be in this time of crisis, delivering what customers expect, have a look for our data on LinkedIn. Um, it's on um, breweries and distilleries. So um, have a look for that. Um, the link will be available as well on our page on, on the website as well. So um, please do have a look at that. We've got a juicy stat to share with the listeners. So we juicy. Uh, I haven't got no juicy stats here. Yeah, while you're talking, I'm going to have a look. You see what I'm on a juicy stat. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about this week? So, well, I, I think it's pretty obvious what we might be talking about this week. In, so in terms of Boris, our beloved leader, um, has provided us with the next steps, with the next phases, the three-step approach. Um, he, he's obviously stolen that from us in terms of our three steps that we give at the end of each of these things. Yeah. Uh, cheeky blighter. Um, but anyway, yeah, three steps to sort of move, lifting the, lo the lockdown a little bit. Uh, and, and we'd like to have a bit of a warble about, okay, so what's that really going to mean to businesses? Whether you're retail, B2B, you're in an office, you're administrative, or you are totally face-to-face, -face. what does that mean for you uh, in terms of great customer experience over the next few weeks and months until the next review is taking place? So, so that's where we're going to get to, Ryan. That's what we're going to be talking right. about. Yep. Talk about that. Before we do, though, mm -hmm. that's hot off the press. Okay. I love a stat. Yeah. From our data we pulled from all of these amazing breweries that we all love to talk about each week, 64% of the breweries that we looked at across the UK uh, didn't reference COVID-19 on their homepage. 46% of websites didn't make it clear on their homepage that the company was currently open and selling their beer or their cider. And 17% of the websites didn't clearly communicate how the customer could place an order. What an opportunity, Rich. And that's the key thing. There is a massive opportunity opportunity uh, in terms of, you know, uh, websites going in, having a look at your own, even if you're not in that sector. Get in there. What's the wording you use? What difference does it make? How does it make you feel when you read it back to yourself? Is all the information you need on there? Because what we do know, and we're hearing time and time again, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, is confidence is critical. Customer confidence are they really convinced that what you're offering is safe, is reliable, is going to do what it says on the tin? So, yeah. Boris, yeah. what did you reckon? What did you reckon, Boris? Boris? Well, we've heard a lot from I've heard a lot from Boris this week. We've had um, it's Sunday night, didn't we? 
17, 27 million people watching Boris. I mean, my goodness me. More than Strictly, isn't it? It's amazing. Well, it's more, it's more than Who Killed Dirty Dan, isn't it? That is. Um, so, yeah. Well, if you're old enough to remember that reference. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you can Google that one. Um, so, yeah, what do I think? So, I think that um, without wanting to get at all political, I think that uh, he is clearly trying to move us onto a footing of uh, thinking about uh, getting back to some semblance of normality. And, you know, lots of people listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube will have their own um, very personal thoughts about that and and, and, and absolutely should do uh, have their own personal thoughts about how they're going to react to what the government is is suggesting. So, um, but but I think from, from, from my perspective, um, I think it's the... It's almost, this is the B of the bang, isn't it? This is the kind of the starting gun to say, we're trying to get back to some normality. And the one thing I, d I, I don't know about you, Rich, but I thought about all of these business owners that were, were watching Boris, either on Monday or Sunday, or subsequent news flashes, will have been thinking, so this 50 page document that's out, what does that mean? for my business what have i got to do to be able to look after my people principally so that they can look after my customers so that they are going to continue to buy stuff from me is what i was thinking um yeah. and they need to do that in a really safe way because you know the virus is is we're gonna to have to find a way to live with this virus by the looks of it for for many months if not years to come so, so I think it's really, really interesting point you made there. I think it is. There's a safety thing straight away. Of course, there is. And that from an experience point of view is probably, you know, 90 percent of it at the minute. Definitely. But to make sure people are safe. And that's a lot to do with these guidance. So when we start to look at the document itself and we are, we, we've read we've read all the way through it. it. Got me to sleep beautifully the other night. But, uh, you know, it, there's some critical things in there around distancing, about how to make sure you've got things taped off, signage, so on and so forth. Absolutely brilliant. But it's also a part around this beyond the process. Customer experience, and this time goes beyond the process as well. And that's the key thing. That'll make the difference between those organisations who do okay and those organisations who actually um, form part of the memories for a lot of customers and consumers through this time strange thing to say but we know the experience you have isn't the experience you physically have there and then it is the memory of the experience so we need to ensure that we're providing experience is remembered in a positive manner therefore driving some form of loyalty and, and return so it's, it's really interesting it's a great point though, isn't it because if you think about the four previous episodes we've mentioned a lot about uh your opportunity to delight your customers and be there for them and, and be a remembered brand through, you know, we'll look back this back on this period of, of our history and years to come, won't we? And we'll we'll remember those brands and those people and you know the wonderful NHS that that have, that have looked after us during this period. Um, but also that you know the businesses that have been there for us and how they've looked after their people. So your point around process is brilliant though, because we've talked again about you have to get your processes right, your voice of the process that we talked about in the last couple of episodes. That has to be right to give people the confidence in your team so that they understand it, so your customers will understand it. I want to share a little story with you. Um, the supermarkets have been open now, haven't they, for 
all the way through this. And I, you know, I really felt for their staff and uh, and and what they've been been what they've been up against and how they've had to put really really tricky difficult things in place. And I am um, to be fair. Um, my lovely wife Joe has has been uh, has been tracking off to the supermarket every week. I haven't had to get involved, and I, I said to her last week, "Look, I'll go this time, love." Um, so off I off I trot to uh, to the local ASDA and uh, pulled up in the car park, all very straightforward, no parking charges, which was nice for change. Um, so I pulled up, parked the car, got my bags, toddled off to the front of the supermarket. There was some great signage outside. Get your trolley give it a good wipe with a disinfectant, stand two metres apart in the queue. So I was doing all I had to do. I, it was really clear what the process was for me as the customer. Then I stood dutifully in line, looking at the, all the plants lined up. They were trying to flog me on the way in. And then uh, I got to the front of the queue and um, there was a very smiley security guard with a, with a, with a very uh, um, smiley young lady stood beside him who beckoned me into the store and said, you know, you can go in, yeah, you know, Welcome, welcome to Aston Eaton Abbott this morning. So off I went. So, I, but on the way in, I was directed. I had to put some gel on my hands as well. I thought, great, there's a process here. And make sure I'm feeling comfortable about all of that stuff. So I disinfected my trolley. I disinfected my hands. I was two meters away from everyone. I thought this is pretty good actually. I'm really impressed with this. But that's where it all kind of went wrong. Is when I arrived in the shop because there was an absolute free-for-all nobody was following the arrows on the ground or where i should be walking nope. people were darting across the fruit and veg there was no social distancing in the shop there were people trying to fill shelves there were people rich and i was picking my rich tea biscuits uh off the bottom shelf which and i'll be i know you'll be surprised that i that i eat rich tea I'm, I, I am too, yes yeah probably thought i was a hobnob man but anyway love, love a rich tea um, and this, this dear old lady, she must have been in her 70s, not casting aspersions on her, on her age, but she reached right across me to grab her ginger nuts. And uh, there was no social distancing whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, yeah. the, the thing was, I, I, I felt genuinely, I felt, you know, I'm, I'm you know, in my 40s, I'm, I'm quite fit and healthy, but I generally didn't feel great about yeah. being there, you know, and I... I, I, I literally was itching to get out. So I wasn't going to browse and you, you could argue, well, I shouldn't be in there browsing anyway, but yeah. there was some stuff that I, that I forgot to pick up yeah. on the way out because mm -hmm. I was, you know, didn't want to put anyone else in danger. And I literally sort of got out of the, got out of there, got all of my flower and eggs that I wanted and, and I left and so I didn't feel good about it. Really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that whole feelings piece. There's the F word again, customer experience. It's about feelings, you know, it's emotional. It's, an empathy that we need to be thinking about with this document and that's not you know explicit in it so your teams your staff whether you're in a retail environment or you're in the office do they know what your expectations are you may have a document you may have produced it as the leader but are people really comfortable before they even are told that they're coming back into an office environment uh, for example are you giving them explicit and clear instructions and communications about what is going to be happening because there's a front door there's a front door you're gonna have to get through in an office has it has it changed do you have to wipe it down how do you know so you've got to communicate the thing is though rich right it's a really valid point you make the reason i'm cutting across you is there were lots of asda staff in that shop right lots of them but they were all focused on obviously filling the shelves and, and, and doing what they had to do. There was nobody helping or directing or seeing if everyone was right. Um, even when I got to the tills, there were a couple of girls behind the self-checkouts just having a chat, 
and they were very pleasant when they came over, but there was no active engagement, you know, no active encouragement. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they've all had some great training, but it, it wasn't being tested, you know? Yeah, so really interesting that. So there, there, there's, the, there's the staff piece, isn't there, about com confidence the staff have, whether it's a skill or a motivational piece. That's an interesting question. We haven't got time to talk about that today. But then, of course, you've got the customers in terms of how comfortable they're feeling. Um, and that, again, around communication, I've got a great example of that, actually. Um, it's now um, after the, the garden centres has now reopened. So um, prior to that, I saw a fantastic video by Haskins Garden Centres. They're, they're based down in, in Dorset, but they've got stores in various places. Um, and they, they've done a great video on Facebook um, that, that demonstrated exactly what customers would be going through when they came to their store when it reopened on the Wednesday. Absolutely amazing video. Member of staff stood there with a mask on, uh, the PPE sort of thing, not full PPE, but sort of thing, showing you how they were going to clean the trolley and give it to you, and then showing you what the signs would look like that you would then have to abide by. Great. It's explicit communication. It's not making any assumptions. And it's and that sort of thing makes the difference. Now, flip side is seeing other places who have done what you would consider to be the same thing, and they've put written advice on their websites, but the written word doesn't land exactly the same as that visual piece. We've got to make sure that we're offering that experience through different channels to make sure that different people pick it up. Because the one thing we do know, and I, a, a, a gentleman called Jonathan Winchester from Insight 6 said this to me earlier on today, is people don't read signs. You can make your signage uh, 50 foot high and neon lights, you will still miss it. We still have customers who miss it. And that comes back to your point, uh, Ryan, about staff being Interact, interactive and making sure people are okay all the way through the experience of the store. So it's a big ask, but those organisations that do it are going to make the difference, but they've got a plan to do it, haven't they? We spoke about planning in one of our other podcasts. You've got a plan. You've got to look at that journey. What's the journey look like, first of all, haven't you? You've got to plan it. Yeah. If you uh, if you don't have a plan, plan to fail is that old adage, isn't it? You know, it is. and it, it's, it's so true. And, and in fairness, you know, going back to Boris, we've got a plan. We've got a 50 yeah. page plan. Like so, you know, are, are you as a business aware of what your responsibilities are in that? Because little known fact, if you've got five or more staff, you have got to have done a risk assessment, for example. So, you yeah. know, if you are, if you haven't done your risk assessment, how are you going to know where your potential process is going to fall over for your staff and your customers? Yeah. Um, and I think this is, I think this is the danger zone for businesses from a customer. Mm -hmm. And I tell you why I think it's a danger zone. It's a danger zone because if you get it wrong and you don't look after your staff and therefore they don't look after your customers from a purely from a safety perspective, right? Because that's the bit everyone's remembering at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. People will not come back. Absolutely. And you could lose those customers for months. Yeah. Months and months and months because they will not feel safe in the environment that you're providing. So the first tip has got to be make sure you understand how your customers feel. Now we can help with that at Insight 6 because we've got a brilliant server that we've created to measure how your customers feel about coming to shop with you or buy your products and services. So if you want to know what's in that survey, nip onto our website, drop us a LinkedIn message. Uh, we, we can help you with that. Um, and we can do that in a way that will really help you measure how your customers are currently feeling. So that's the first top tip. The second thing that I think is really crucial in all of this is when you're looking at that document, 
and you're looking at the process and the operation of you have to, thou shalt, you mustn't, all of those things. Think about the fact that your customers also might have read that document. <laughs> Some will have. Yeah, that's true. Some will have. Very true. And they will be they will have an expectation <laughs> of you implementing all of those standards and procedures. Some won't, some will. Okay. So if you're a Haskins customer, as you've just described, you're going to go, well, they've read the document because look, they're looking after me and I'm, I'm clear. I know that I'm going to be safe when I go and shop there. So I, I think that's a great point. So, so yeah, so that all within that planning side of things um, it, it is absolutely what you've got to be looking at. I've got to plan it, got to read the documentation, got to plan it, got to st step back and look at what the flow is going to be like. Customer journey mapping. Have you done it with this new, with these new uh, rules coming in? Do you know what that journey is going to look like? Then you've got to communicate it. We've spoken about communication already. It's got a, you know, video, great way. What a great way of communicating with your, with your, your customers, what it's going to look like when they come to your store. Similarly, if you're in an office and you, you've got people are going to start to come to your office for meetings, they've got to know what to expect when they come to your office. They have different ways of getting into an office. What does it look like? How are you going to communicate that? How are you going to keep communicating with your staff for any changes that occur? So a critical thing there. And then finally, how are you going to test when you've got all this in place? How are you going to test it? How are you going to test that everything's going well? We can, again, give you some assistance around that in terms of it's a game making sure you're asking your customers, how's it going for you? So you've got to continually seek feedback directly from them using something like what we, what we have, something our feedback direct mechanism, which is basically can be sent out to, to customers to find out how they're getting on through the weeks and months ahead. So it's plan it, communicate it, and test it. Key three, three key things, Boris, we did it before you. Three key things that we've got to remember, the three phases in terms of this whole new documentation coming out. So instead of your TCP that you might be using to disinfect, you're using your PCT to make sure you're ready, you're COVID ready. I like it, I like it. Did you just make that up by any chance? I, I did, I was just going, <laughs> PCT, that sounds a bit like TCP. Plan it, communicate it, test it. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much. I'm, I'm really conscious of time. Um, and uh, thank you very much for listening to the Warblings again today from the West Country. Um, lots of documentation out there, loads for you to do. Um, we'll be back next week with some more Warblings from the West Country. Meanwhile, it's uh, goodbye from me, Richard Knight. Thanks, Rich. And it's goodbye from me, Ryan Huxtable. See you soon. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud.